Hey everyone, it's Jeroen, just chiming in to let you know that we messed up a little bit on the microphone settings for this episode, so the audio sounds a bit rough. I tried my best to make sure that you could still understand us, but I apologize if this isn't up to our usual standards. I hope you still enjoy the show, though. Take it away. Hello and welcome to the Eurovision Division podcast, a podcast where we talk about all 39 songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest before this year's Eurovision Song Contest. As always, I'm your host, Jeroen. And I am your co-host, Mira. I have listened to all of these songs multiple times before. And I have listened to none of them ever. Well, I've listened to a couple of them now. And I'm going to listen to some more today. I'm so full of bread and egg and cheese. You made, I, made, I made such good made sandwiches. a good dinner. I, I have a sourdough starter, and uh, I've been taking care of it for almost three months now. It, it's changed my life, guys. I know I'm pretty late. Yeah, I was going to say it's like a lockdown project, but it, three months ago is not, it's, it's yeah, pretty late in lockdown. Yeah, I started in 21, yeah. But, I mean, I made some loaves, and now I, we had just... Like the tastiest sandwiches, like egg, cheddar, roasted shallots, half dried cherry tomatoes, and then like a herby spicy sausage on like homemade sourdough bread. There's one thing that I forgot to talk about in our very first episode that we did. Uh, our very first episode was uh, had the theme of hypoglycemia. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the song "Sugar." Like I said, it was. I said it. 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 Um. There was this live stream. It was presented at Philip Kirkorov's yeah, lengthy, yeah, yeah, lengthy, yeah, live, lengthy stream. live stream. Um. I would like to read you, and I'm sorry that I didn't do it in that episode. I would like to read to you the video description for the live stream. Thank God. Why? <laughs> the day when Philip Kirkorov and Dream Team will present the single Sugar for Natalia Gorjenko from Moldova for the Eurovision Song Contest 2021 has come. Feel comfortable. We will bring you to the world of cabaret. You will discover a place that has been attracting secular estates of all stripes for many years. Are you ready to share joy and emotions of sweet and sexual performance created specially for Natalia Gordienko by the creative team and artists of the Crave Theatre? You will be the first to see the show and hear the song Sugar. This video promises to immerse the viewer in a sweet atmosphere of love and joy. That's what we've been missing so much lately. And in general, love is never enough. And the sexual candy story is right about that. That was the most threatening thing you've ever said to Any, me. Anyway, Eurovision's a show for all ages. <laughs> That's the theme we're going with today. You told me I, that I you... said I, I wanted to go for a show for all ages. Because I want to get that over with. I don't want any kitty shit. Okay. I've already. You've already. You asked me. Let's keep this a clean episode, and I've already. We try. We were gonna try to not make this one have the uh, explicit label. It's too late for that. I think you can have one shit. God damn it! Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you love. That's how you write a song, right? Because Elmo I, was in that. I love. <laughs> I love one, that's how one, you write a song. One loves lo something like that because Elmo is in it. He wasn't. No, he wasn't, but he should have been. He should have been, yeah. 
But if, if there's stuff like that in it, maybe I'll enjoy it. But if, if you're trying to make Eurovision unhorny, that's not gonna happen. Not on my watch, not this year. What I, what I meant by that... Old people! Are there gonna be old people? Is that there's a wide range of ages at this year's Eurovision Song Contest. I would like to talk about some of the oldest contestants. Yes. And some of the youngest contestants. Okay, but like, I always love like an uncle group. Yeah. You know I always love an uncle group. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the very youngest performer in Eurovision this year is not in this episode. However, the two, uh, the, the second and third youngest performers of this year's Eurovision are in this category. How young are they? Guess we'll find out. Yeah, where do you want to, where do you want to start? Do you want to start way back in time or do you want to start recently? Like when, you know, talking birth years. God, because I'm, I'm so desperate for an uncle group. I want to leave that for the end. Okay. Because I can see in your face that it's going to be an uncle group. I'm not saying anything. Either it's going to be an uncle group or you're going to disappoint me and I'm still going to be like, well, I made that up. So. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not going to say anything. So let's start with a young person. Cool. Let's start with a very young person. Um, why don't we start with the second youngest performer in the contest? Only one person in this year's contest who is younger than Destiny from Malta. Oh, Destiny's coming back. Destiny's coming back. Destiny at this point in time is 18 years old. She was born in August of 2002. Oh my god. The youngest contestant uh, is Stefania from Greece, who was born in December of 02. So that's a couple of months later. Okay, so both 18. Um, But I mention that because Stefania went to Junior Eurovision when it was hosted in Malta in 2016, which is the year after Destiny won for Malta with Not My Soul. Um, so we yeah, have that- you love to see them graduate to adult Eurovision. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, um, Junior Eurovision wasn't the only singing contest that she's been a part of in her life, um, but it, it took her winning the Maltese X Factor to finally be chosen as Malta's representative at the adult contest in 2020. Uh, that didn't go through, so now she's back. This song is called Je me casse. Oh no, my French is bad. Um, well, it's, it's, it, I don't blame you so much. I think uh, casse is, is to break. Um, but it is, oh, yes. it essentially means it, it's like an expression. Jamakas is like, I'm out of here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Basically, bye, bitch. Bye, bitch. Um, so for Malta, this is Destiny and Jamakas. Excuse my French. Don't say cute to a girl who's like putting out a song that's like mm, women, but sure. like she's 18 years old and she is really cute. I get what you're trying to say with that. It might not be like you know the the, the perfect word to describe it, but she has a very very you know pleasant persona to to look at, right? There's it's a like, one shot where she's like in her like the politician esque, yeah, like the activist on the stage, stage yeah. where she's just like. <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I thought that was such a nice, Yeah, like, I think, I think shot. those, I think those scenes are... Like, the are personality shots the are great. funniest ones. Yeah, this song is, like, it has, it has its moments. Uh-huh. Excuse My French is fucking hilarious. It's kind of like the whole thing is building up to Excuse My French, though. It's yeah, like that moment is, that, like... the song okay, is like, that, like, engaging or... Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, okay, so it's, like, Netta's toy. The comparison is easily made. The, the comparison is easily made. It's not the same song. Like, yeah, but it's... It's not, like, Judas and El Diablo. <laughs> it's, no, it's, but it's, like... The, the problem with that is it's, it's going to have that comparison made for some obvious superficial reasons you know you have a larger performer yeah whose whose body size is is bigger but is owning that and is doing like a feminine empowerment anthem about like i'm not your blank yeah it's like does literally say i'm not your baby and it's like the superficial similarities are there she also lost me when she sang i'm not into dummies because (laughs) i can't relate (laughs) famously you are into dummies famously i'm into sandra (laughs) because I had this problem last year too with all of my love. This song is a bit samey all the way through. I this one I... didn't hook me. Oh, okay, it, interesting. It, it felt a bit generic. Yeah, I don't want to hold her age against her no because I know she's like insanely talented. Yeah, no, absolutely. She has you can tell great presence in every shot. And she's gorgeous, and her hair is so good. She has such good hair. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this feels a lot like, you know, like early Miley. Does it? Miley only started really coming into her own, like, in the past two years. And I'm not even, like, a big Miley fan or anything. You're not in your groove yet. You're just, you know you want to be a famous singer, and you are, like, on the right track for that. But what you're doing isn't, like, fully you yet. And I that think I, I kind of, like, feel that in here. It's just like, well, this is just, like, a generic thing that feels too... I have to have a song like this. Yeah, I think, I think like, the fact that she's relatively young shows you that she is still very, uh, you know, like, influenced by her influences. She likes the, the the performers that she looks up to that she likes. Like, I can tell that there's a lot of Aretha Franklin in the way that she, like, styles her voice and the way that she has performed in previous singing competitions. It's very clear that that's, like, you know, I mean, a model a that she, like... that's a great title to have. Absolutely. And that's good. Um, I think as far as, like, sounding samey or generic, it is, it does have, like, that, you know... Electro swingy sound that Electro Velvet tried to do. <laughs> oh my god! No, you're so right. But it does it a lot better, obviously. Of course. And I think I it, mean it's sounding good, Sugar. But it's... right. But like, oh, that's why I talked about Sugar at the start, right? Because it's sounding good, Sugar. Yeah. Um, pretend that I did that on purpose. Yeah. No. But when you know, when it comes to that, like the genre itself, I don't think it's necessarily. Like, oh, we've heard this a lot of times before. Thematically, I'm like, yeah, no, I know I know what it is. I just think she brings a lot of charm and and personality to it. I would in the way like that... this song a lot less if it wasn't her doing it. That's it. Yeah. It it's much like all of my love last year. I do think she is the best part. Yeah, I, she's the best part I, of the song. I think just Destiny's force of personality is still the thing that is capturing me the most. It's good, uh, and she makes it 
really good. I have nothing more to say about this. Like, I don't have a tangent to go on. Let's That's move fine. on to the to the next song. But like, I I want her to come back to Eurovision in like ten years. I want her to have a successful album in five years, and then five years after that, yeah. come back to Eurovision as like a big star. So you're not seeing this as like her shot of winning no. Eurovision after winning Junior Eurovision, right? Like, no. Because that's what everyone's been saying for years. It's like, well, Destiny's the one who's going to like do the double win and is going to give the Malta win because like she is so talented. I don't doubt that Destiny can win Eurovision, can bring the... But can Jumakas win Eurovision? No. Definitely, that's a definite statement? Yes. And I don't think Jumakas well, can win. You heard it here, folks. I don't think Jumakas can win. Okay. If it wins, like, good for her, but I'll be disappointed. Yeah, we, we have we don't have performances to go on yet, so that changes Also, I know Duffy Frere is coming back, so, like... I don't, you know, I don't think... It, it, it will, like, end uh, end high. I don't think probably. it's quite it's quite such an easy year to predict, uh, is all I'm going to say about that. Um, cool, yeah, no, but let's go to another... Um, let's go to another Eurovision powerhouse. Malta's never won it, but has come close a couple of times. This could be their year, but maybe it's not. Uh, a country that has won many times, though not the most successful country at Eurovision, is Sweden. Oh, here we go. Time for Sweden. What the f- What are they bringing? <laughs> what the frick are they bringing this year? I can't live if I can't swear. Uh, Sweden's uh, performer was also born in 2002. Uh, okay. Uh, but he's 19, because he was born in January. Um, he's basically the, the teenageriest teenager uh, that I've ever seen in this contest. Wow. Um, exp- explained that he almost didn't record this song because he had a driving test. Um, Love that. And then explained after winning Melfast that he had a biology assignment due uh, the next week. That so was very so nervous funny. about that. Uh, his name is Tusa, the pseudonym for Tusen Chiza. He is a refugee from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Ooh. Fled there as a child, was separated from his parents in the move, uh, and, and ended up in Sweden at age eight. Without his parents? Yeah. Uh, in 2019, he won the Swedish Idol, making him the youngest winner ever of that competition. Uh, the first winner born after 2000, and the first black contestant to win the Swedish Idol. He is now the first Swedish Idol winner to go to Eurovision. Ooh. Um, previous Swedish Idol winners and contestants have done Melfest before, and a few like previous contestants have gone to Eurovision. Uh, Robin Quernberg, Robin Bengtsson, and more importantly, Mons Selmerle, who came fifth in the second season, and Lorraine. Wow, Lorraine! Who came fourth in the first season of uh, Swedish Idol. So we got a... We got a Sweden still has Idol. Yeah, no, it's it's clearly very successful. But yeah, Mons and Lorraine um, were, were very successful winners for Sweden. Uh, and Obviously. also came from, you know, the Swedish Idol as the start of their career. Uh, but even more than those two, uh, Tusa won Melfest with a resounding 
victory. Uh, he got 175 points overall, which is 57 points more than second place. Goddamn. Uh, in doing so, he beat out the Mamas, who returned after winning it last year. Aww. And he beat out previous uh, Eurovision participants for Sweden, like Erik Sade and Charlotte Pirelli, who had already been to Eurovision. So he's, he, he beat out uh, some tough competition and beat them out pretty strongly. You're hyping this guy up to me pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot to say but it's like all of this to me is very interesting so let's see what we think about sweden's entry for eurovision 2021 this is tusa and voices Yeah, I'm I'm sorry. I I knew I was when you said you hyped him up so much uh before we listened to the song. I mean, he's great. I don't think and I'm being candid here, I don't think I hyped him up too much. Yeah, no, he's there. He's got charisma like that's in yeah. buckets. There's a yeah, there's a reason that like Damn That story is very captivating. Without the if I hadn't known the story, I'd have just no, been I like know. who is this? Yes, like, exactly. But that just like adds on a lot and you know that he's had many chances before to capture a Swedish audience. He has a again he has this personality. Beautiful, like androgynous look. Yeah. To him, yes. it's gorgeous. Like, kind of looks like Tracy Chapman. I don't know if he looks like Tracy Chapman, but I just we were talking about Tracy Chapman a couple of days ago, and yeah, watching a video of her, and I had realized that I hadn't seen Tracy Chapman ever. Yeah, like, I hadn't seen her perform ever, and I was like, God, what a beautiful person. But like here as well, like. Just that, that androgynous look that mm, really is great to look at. Yeah, and like no, for sure. moves his face so well. Love the suit. Yeah, no, everything everything there is great. Song's boring as shit though. It's a shame. It is what a, a shame. shame. <laughs> like I know, I wanna give this as much as I can, but uh if it wasn't Tusa, then this is the most Andre Chanson song I've ever heard. And I, like, that is... Wow. Only meaningful to, like, people who, like, really watch Melody Festival. And But this, to me, when I first heard it, I was like, it kind of sounds like a second chance song. Like, it doesn't really sound like it, it should go direct to final, and it doesn't sound like it should win Melody Festival. And But then you do see someone who is completely committed to selling it, and almost kind of does make it work. I, I was so into it from the start. I was like, hello? And then I think a minute in, like, it took a minute for me to realize that I didn't like the it's song. It's like, oh, I'm not actually listening to 
anything. I'm just watching oh, it. It's like, oh, I'm not really listening to anything that I need to, like, I'll keep watching because this is compelling. Yeah. And I think, you know, Sweden is is Sweden historically is very good at keeping you, you, like, compelled. But their most visual entries in the past haven't necessarily gotten a lot of votes. I found myself a little surprised that it was such a resounding victory. Uh, like, no one else stood a chance. I Like, I do get it. But it was surprising to me because I don't think it was the best song. Like comparing this to the other A Million Voices song, there is no comparison. Another super charismatic performer with an actual good song. Yeah, I mean, A Million Voices is also to some extent like extremely cliched. Yeah, and of and course. it's like you know voices choices uh, in this one very obvious rhyme. Uh, it's just a lot of that where I'm like, yeah, it's just a bit. Obvious. You know, like, what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, like, if the Tarzan soundtrack was boring. <laughs> okay. It would be this song. It's like if Phil Collins was really phoning it in, he would write this. That That's really, that's a real <laughs> shame. It's such a shame. This dude could come back in five years. Like, with Destiny, I'm like, no, I want to see what you do in ten years. With Tusa, I'm like, I just come back in five years. Show me what you got then. It's not like Destiny's going to be writing her own music, and it's not like Tusa's going to be writing his own music, but I think when it comes to, like, Sweden and Melody Festival, and, and you know they're going to keep selecting for the Melody Festival, and it is, like, artists do return, and they get a better song, and, like, Mont yeah. Selmelo participated in Melody Festival and before he finally had Heroes. Lorene's second attempt brought her euphoria, like she had done a Melody Festival before, and it's just like that that kind of seasoned... Uh, ability to perform and to really get the right song that I feel like he's kind of missing. And I know that that's very much like, no, Sweden, give it some more polish. No, because I do like that there is something raw there. Find something that fits him better. Give him like a good Phil Collins song. (laughs) (laughs) Collins. I don't know. You You could make him do the most Swedish... Melody Festival. I mean, I think, like, I think that's pretty much what this is. Yeah, but it's so... It's such an easy song. It's like, yeah, we're going to try and make it a little more interesting by putting a key change in there so then Mira won't complain about it. Think again, Frickos. I'm really trying over here. I'm really trying. Uh, just be yeah you know i like a key change but like it helps you know makes you go like oh there's that uh in terms of obvious things i do have to mention that the first line of the song is there's fire in the rain and we'll get up again that don't rhyme that doesn't rhyme i think it's a bold choice to take two words that maybe maybe rhyme and then choose to pronounce them in a way that they don't rhyme at all because the second verse is there's fire in the rain and I can feel your pain. So you know that that second word is supposed to rhyme. So you can say again, it's fine. It's fine, you're Swedish. If Evie Adamu could sing nothing to fair when you were near, <laughs> then you can sing we'll get up again. Although that one's different because both of those words are well, mispronounced. <laughs> no, I want to like it a lot more and I can't. Uh, and that that 
that bothers me. Please come back, Tusa. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not to say that, like, you know, young performers can't be ready to do it, right? I, I don't want it to sound like, oh, we're taking these two young performers we, and being like, oh, they're Belgians too young. We as should not say that someone exactly, is too we've young. Exactly, because we've sent a lot of young uh, performers to Our Eurovision. Our one winner was 15. Well, she sang that she was 15. She was actually younger than that. Right. <laughs> She um, was. So no, yeah, Sandra Kim was was I think she was thirteen when she participated in that's in so... nineteen eighty six, and that's fucked up. Um, hecked up. That's hecked up. Should I like bleep that? <laughs> no. So we definitely should not be saying like that. Someone is too young to win your no, vision. no. But is someone ever too old to win your vision? No, absolutely not. Uh, and is it perhaps? Is it perhaps time to atone for having the youngest winner of all time by providing the oldest winners of all time? Can Hooverphonic win it for Belgium? Oh, it's time! It's time for Hooverphonic! I can't believe I guessed it! I wasn't even thinking you about it. You didn't even guess it. We've named the youngest uh, performer in the contest and we've done the, the two, uh, you know, the second and the third youngest. So we've, we've, you, we know who the three youngest performers in the contest are. Well, let me tell you who the three oldest performers in this contest are. Not Hecke. Hecke uh, isn't that old. We have Raymond, Alex, and Hecke, 61, 48, and 42, respectively. I, when I said I wanted uncles, I didn't mean Alex Collier, yeah, well, this is a.k.a. The, un- the bad uncle. This is the uncle band you asked for. No, you it s- is an uncle band. You said earlier, like in the last episode, you said I'd really like to see some bands. And now you said I'd like to see some uncles, and I mean, I've given it to you. What <laughs> The monkey's paw! <laughs> what do you have to complain about? The monkey's paw! Uh, Hooper <laughs> have a lot of singers through the years. Uh, their previous singer was was very young, uh, embarrassingly so. Uh, but now they've... It's so, yeah, it's so gross. And now they've brought back Hjeka. She is not the original singer of Hooper but was with the band for the longest period, uh, from 1997 to 2008. So for five of those years uh, Des- knows- Destiny and Tusa weren't even born yet <laughs> she is also the singer on most of their biggest hits yeah for many people she is synonymous with like the Hooverphonic sound Mad About You is their best song <laughs> there's no there, like I don't think that's an argument yeah Mad um, About You is their good song but like from what I can tell she did quit because she was tired of Alex Kellier's over controlling bullshit um, but- yeah and then uh, then she came back um, and Alex Kellier Fired. Fired Luca, yes. No, it's true. <laughs> Over like a Zoom call. Yeah, this is like, just so incredibly embarrassing. Man. That is that is the story that was told to us um by, by Luca and by, by Alex. Yeah, it's just not it's just not a good look. It's really bad. Uh, so let's focus on Gekke. Um While she was away from Hoover Phonics, she had a little side project called Dorleac with Eric de Jong from Spinvis. Oh, yeah, uh, and then most recently in 2018, she had a huge hit with Bluff uh, in Belgium and the Netherlands with Zouteland. Oh, that song sucked though. Uh, it's a messy song full of awkward phrasing, swallowed syllables, and uh, like an, a complete refusal to rhyme. It was a really, really like bad just... song, but everyone loved it. Yeah, and nevertheless, it sounds that Kjaka's Tamra is really gorgeous in Dutch. Despite, like, that song's oh, faults, her voice, she, her voice, her timbre is beautiful, and it sounds great in Dutch. That, that raises an aside that Belgium has sent more songs in a made-up language in the last 20 years than songs in any of its official languages. <laughs> 
we suck. The last of that was uh, Nuno Resende with Le Grand Soir in 2005. Uh, before that, it was uh, Nathalie Source singing Envie de Vivre in 2000, which was the last Belgian song in French and the last Belgian song to finish in last place at Eurovision. Oh, wow. Uh, and Belgium hasn't sent a song in Dutch since 1996 with the Liefde is een spell. It was just to say that the Netherlands hasn't fared much better uh, they last sent a Dutch song in 2010 when Sineke sang Shalali Ik Ben Verliefd. Oh, God. Uh, and before that, of course, we had Edzilia Rombli, who did bring us Himmel and Arde in 1998, which is gorgeous. And she's presenting the show this year. So Full circle. Full circle. It's beautiful. I do want to uh, give an honorable mention to my favorite Belgian Eurovision entry in Dutch, Soldiers of Love. It's great. So, so good. If you haven't heard it, what are you doing? Yeah, um, Soldiers of Love, the uh, the song that represented Belgium in the 1987 song contest at the year after Belgium had won with Sandra Kins, Gemma La Vie. Uh, all the acts have been recording backup performances, just in case they can't make it to Rotterdam. Uh, Hooverphonic recorded their backup performers in the venue where Eurovision was hosted in 1987. So that's, that's pretty cool. That's, that's pretty cool. That's a pretty tidbit. cool little... little. Uh... You'd almost think that Alex Gallier respects the contest. Well, let's see if he does. Or let's see if this song reveals something else about them. Um, this is, for Belgium, Hooverphonic with The Wrong Place. Yeah, I know they are! <laughs> Oh, you said with the wrong place, not in the wrong place, <laughs> a.k.a. Eurovision, where they shouldn't be. Now, now, let's not make up our minds before we listen to the song. This is Belgium's entry for 2021. It's Hooverphonic with the wrong place. Are you mad? Yes! I mean, I, I love Gek so much. Her voice is so That's the thing, beautiful. right? It's just like, oh no, I mean, they're right in wanting to get her back. They're right in grabbing the opportunity that they have to get her back on their songs because she's much better. She's so good! Than like, like, yeah, no, she's great. Um, and the song is a lot better than what they brought last year. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair to say. I think the um the verse isn't good. It's there. Yeah, it's there. It's kind of it always does the obvious thing, but then the chorus just hits so hard. I mean, I think it's I think it like it does the obvious thing. Yes, in terms of like the rhymes it goes for, but that's I think our complaint last year about Release Me was I I complained about that too because I just it just feels very close because I know it's written by someone from, you know, the country that I'm from. So I know what English people in my country are able to procure. Yeah. <laughs> and I can just tell the sort of like mistake that led to these lyrics. They're not wrong. I just think they aren't as smart as they should be as as whoever wrote them thinks they are. I just don't think I took you to my messy place but it felt as if we were in a different space is anything that's not 
Especially because no, the next line is you're in the wrong song. you're in the wrong place. It's like yeah, you all place is already your core line. That's messy. Just do it in Dutch. They, People I thought, will like translate it on their own. I thought you were a different kind of guy. Is also kind of like that's not an interesting thought. You did nothing with that. And it's like many countries can do this. Many people can make the same mistake. And I think I would find it like, you know, troubling anyway. But it it just hits extra like, that's not very good to I me. Do, like, yeah. Yeah. I do want to say that like I was really struck by the corset she wears because I've been I've been, you know, doing some some light hobby researching into like historical dress. Yeah. That's a Fully historically accurate courses. Yeah, That's it looks, like it looks 1790. right. 1790. Uh, if anyone knows more about it than me, you, you're, you will probably want to correct me and you should, but like. That's like a fully good corset, and she wears like a shift underneath it. Yeah. It's like, whoa, this isn't like a modern outfit. This is. No, Fully no. good costuming. <laughs> um, and I will say I have a lot of sympathy for her and the character that she plays in this video because the man that she goes on a date with... Is the creepiest man. I know. I I feel like I know him. I know exactly. I, like, oh, I mean, this man has hit on me in a bar before we're when from, I was a lot younger than I am today. Exactly. We're from Belgium, so we know exactly who that man is. Not literally who the actor is, but men who look like that. I know who they are. And, and they, they Deserve and they, they deserve to get beheaded. <laughs> like when uh, he when he stirs in the bed and she just like sort of kind of winces and rolls her eyes at the start. I'm just like that's so great. Yeah, we've all been there, girl. <laughs> like that is so great. That is like a very Belgian skeevy guy. Yeah, no, it's really but one weird. that you will fuck, but then absolutely will also regret later. It's not good. Speaking of the F word. Um, oh, God, sorry. No, but she says, what was I thinking? All we did was fight in the second chorus. But I swear she says all we did was fuck in the first chorus. I swear it sounds like that. And they're hiding it by saying the lyric is fight. It's very clearly fight in the <laughs> second chorus. But the first one, I'm always like, no, no, no. I don't know. Ah, you tell me you tell me what you hear. It makes me so mad that I like this. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, I'm there with you. I'm like, oh this isn't bad. I don't hate this. I don't yeah, I'm I'm okay. I'm like I can I can get behind this, I can see this qualifying and being happy for it. Cause like I think it deserves yeah. it a lot more than Release Me did. This sounds more like a Hoover Phonic song, the way that it's meant to sound like a Hoover Phonic song. And that ties into what I said. Kiaka's voice, Kiaka's presence is so Amazing. Intrinsically tied to like what I assume is is the Hoover phonic sound that it's like yeah this it I mean it works like this. There, I didn't know she did something with Eric the Young. No, I also I also so, found like, that I'm out. Yeah, very interested in what that sounds like. Yeah, no, exactly. I found that out in doing my, my research. Artists. Yeah. Alex Gallier can still go frick himself. No, for sure. I don't want to see him on the stage, but like, you know. I think the video does a good thing in like only really showing Alex and Raymond <laughs> for one shot. Although they are in the background of the scene when they're, when Gek is on her date. Oh! When she's on her date with the man and they're sitting in like, you know, the egg chairs. In the background against the wall on either sides of them are like Alex and Raymond sitting creepily in the shadows. And I'm just like... 
That's great because that is, you didn't mean it, but that is the perfect summation of what you are. It's like, you know, it's like they know, Alex knows that he has to put himself on the fucking background when it comes to the music. And yet when it comes to doing interviews and whatever, he's always there. And I just... Alex Gallier's favorite song is probably Wild Roses. He does seem like the kind of guy who would like Wild Roses. Yeah, lock me in his car and make me listen to Wild Roses until I liked it. That's a very specific experience I had with a man. (laughs) I mean, I think that the guy she kills would probably also be like, oh yeah, that's a good song. I just hate that song so much. I think it's great that she's walking around with guns. Yeah. Like, she suddenly has two guns, and I'm like, yes, girl, you deserve it. But then he does get beheaded, and it's only after you see he gets beheaded, and his head is, like, lying next to one of the guns. Oh, is it? Yeah, his head is lying next to one of the guns. And you're like, wait, how did she behead him? And only after that do you see the shot of her with the sword, and you're like, that's how she did it. Twist ending. love the story. My main problem with it is that I do like it, but I don't like it that much. So I can't like say like, oh, that song isn't very good. Like I can't be snobbish about it. I have to admit that it's pretty good. And you, people here know I'm a Eurovision fan. So whenever, you know, the Belgian song comes out, they'll ask me, can it win? And I'm like, I have to say like, I don't care. I don't care if blank song can win. Real, like, I'm like eh, no but that's not necessarily a dismissal. You you should still watch the contest. Like, that's my first thought of, like, if I say no, does that mean, like, you won't win the contest? If I say yes, will you trust my opinion less if it doesn't end up winning? Everyone who talks to me is always like, I don't like Hoover Phonic. I can tell you for sure I have never met a single person who has told me they like Hoover Phonic. Ooh, I'm, I'm racking my mind. Yeah. Most of the conversations in my life that I've had about Hoover Phonic, and that is even before Eurovision, were about people, were, were people saying how much they don't really like Hoover Phonic. Yeah, about how they had the song and then... They the, kept being around. And then they were just still there. And, you know, with this, I'm like, okay, if you like Hoover Phonic, you'll probably get more out of this than you got out of the last one. Oh, yeah. uh, it's just a lot more mature because, you know, everyone here is over 40 which is good. Uh, she's 42, which is, this the, is the sexiest stage. She's, oh my God, she, it's so true. You look at her in this video and you're like, that's that's the sexiest she's ever going to be. She's That's the sexiest she's ever been. And like 42 is the sexiest age a person can be. I can't wait until I'm 42. I can't wait until you're 42. God damn. Woo. Uh, but yeah, that's it. Some of our youngest performers and some of our oldest. All plagued with different sort of, like, problems. I think there is something to, like, remark about all of these. Like, yeah. oh, it's not quite good because of this. Um, whether it's like, oh, I don't really like the performers in the last case. Or whether it's like, oh, I like the performers a lot more than the song. Yeah. In the first two cases. And I mean, kind of, kind of Gekka too. Like, I do like her more than I like the song. But I think this works well with her. This is a good song for her to sing. What if it had just been her and a viola? For Eurovision, he would never. He would never. He did cover Propedesia, but. uh, In like a really artsy way, though. Good cover. Put that in the show notes. I'm just trying to math out if this means that Serhat isn't coming back this year. (laughs) We've already had San Marino. He could come for a different. No, you're right. Okay. So he's not. Uh, but I think I think uh, Senate and Florida are 
both 41, so they're trailing just behind this in age. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, and the fact that Senate and Florida have the same age does make me wonder where they met, if they met ever before, you know? Oh, is there, do they have history? I don't know. Um, but we might, we might find out more about that. Um, and we might find out what you like about some more songs in this year's Eurovision Song Contest on the next episode of the podcast. Thank you for listening. We'll be right here. Join us next time when we'll be listening to more songs from this year's Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Eurodivision. Find the show on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. And have a good night, Europe. Good night, Europe. <laughs>